There are hundreds of thousands, millions of men and women in this country who are immigrants and refugees, families who come to the United States seeking the American dream. In the refugee community, the biggest need, hands down, is access to a safe, sustainable, flexible job that provides a living wage so men and women have the chance to provide for themselves and their families. My guest today took his love of food and faith and wanted to start a business that impacted his community on a greater scale. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show's all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Lawrence Yu, the owner of Sushioki, a local sushi burrito restaurant here in Durham, North Carolina. Now, even if you are not local, you are not going to want to click away from this conversation. And if you are local, trust me, you're going to run, not walk over to Sushioki after hearing this one. Sushioki might seem like a small, unique restaurant from an outsider's perspective, but let me tell you. This restaurant is a restaurant with so much purpose and passion for people and impacting the community. Not only do they have a large focus on sustainable, fresh, healthy ingredients, but also they hire men and women who are coming from vulnerable situations, men and women who are refugees and immigrants. And Sushioki also raises money for those issues here in the community. Lawrence is just such a joy to be around. His laughter is infectious, and I absolutely loved this conversation, and I know you will too. So without further ado, on to my chat with Lawrence. Live studio recordings are always my favorite because I feel like we're actually hanging out because we are. Sounds like a good time, and I'm looking forward to it. I know, I know. Welcome to the show, Lawrence. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. I am so... I have been wanting to have you on the show pretty much ever since Sushioki opened, <laughs> which is coming up on almost two years. That's right. I mean, over a year and a half, and I am such a huge fan, and... You know, sometimes I get questions from listeners of like, well, you know, because I, I will some often bring kind of local to Durham, Raleigh business owners on the show. And part of that is because obviously I love the area that I live in, you know, but I know that I have listeners in Ethiopia and Australia <laughs> and Washington State and Canada. And so I have people that probably are never going to come to Durham. But my hope in sharing a lot of these stories of especially some of these really incredible local businesses that we have here is to to further drive home the the mission. And the goal of this show is to show people that like literally no matter what you do for a living, no matter where you live, no matter what vocation you have chosen to enter into, like you can make a difference wherever you are. And so whether, you, you know, people always think like, oh, if I'm going to change the world, I have to go into ministry or I have to, you know, go abroad and serve in the Peace Corps. And it's like, no, 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 You can open up a sushi burrito restaurant That's right. in your backyard. <laughs> or uh, I had a, a Donovan Alexander Watson, the owner of Perkins Orchard. It's a little produce stand here in Durham on That's the show. It's a great one, you know, and to show that it doesn't have to be, you know, this big this big thing. It can be something that is really impacting your local community. And um, 
And again, I, I just I love sushioki. The food is delicious, which we'll get into that. Um, but I just your mission from the beginning is something I've just really been blown away by. So all of that long kind of introduction there at the beginning is I wanted to um, have you kind of give us the Lawrence 101. So tell us who you are, uh, your, a little bit of your story, and how you kind of got started with Sushioki. Okay. Um, my name is Lawrence. Um, I'm married to a beautiful, wonderful, incredible woman named Gina. Uh, we've been married for about seven years now. We have two children, Josiah Yu, he's six, and uh, Hudson. He's three and a half. Hudson, we just actually recently adopted about a year and a half ago uh, from China. Oh, and my so goodness. What's his birthday? Uh, December 25th. Oh, okay, because I was going to say my son is also – his birthday is in February, so they're not that far Very apart. Yeah. yeah, well, we don't know his actual birthday. Yeah. The orphanage yeah. made a guess. They yeah. chose Christmas yeah. Day, which is poor kid. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we decided we're going to call it like the 21st and start yeah. celebrating then for him. Yeah. But, yeah, no, we um, our family's fun, and my kids are crazy, and they're exciting and a handful all the the time but we love having being together as a family we um we i don't know something about me i think my whole life i was uh around entrepreneurship my father was a serial entrepreneur when ev- owning everything from a sandwich shop to a dry cleaners to a construction company to a market uh to a restaurant so kind of been around entrepreneurship my whole life you know it's kind of one of those kind of korean american stereotypes that we kind of fit into. You know, I used to joke with my parents that they needed to open a nail salon so we had every Korean stereotype covered. Uh, they never did. <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, disappointing. But <laughs> no, so that was kind of what I grew up in being around entrepreneurship. Um, I kind of grew up being the firstborn son of the firstborn son in an immigrant family. Yeah. And so grew up with a lot of pressure on me to become the successful, you know, the a-plus student that makes good grades and had to be a doctor. Mm. And so that was my track. That's what I wanted to do. I was kind of like who I was supposed to be. But then all of a sudden, actually, when I was in high school, it was, my life radically got changed. Um, heard the gospel. And never been the same since. And so every, everything about my life became about driven by the kind of call that God placed upon me to advance his kingdom, to affect the community. Yeah. And so that kind of changed the trajectory of my life, but still had this experience of entrepreneurship. It still had something inside of me, loving to see new things come to life. Yeah. Um, this desire to see the community be lifted up. And yeah. so... You know, I became a pastor. Um, <laughs> I've been planted a church about five years ago called Waypoint Church. Yeah. And then uh, a year and a half ago, started. Oh, actually, same time. Um, my, my wife says we were crazy, but we had a baby. <laughs> Uh, planted Waypoint Church and started uh, Mebbin Pediatric Dentistry. Oh, so you planted like th- three three babies three, all in three big things at one time. Yeah, yeah. Three, three, three big things yeah. at one time. Everybody thought we were crazy. Yeah, but I was like, ah, that sounds about right. But <laughs> <laughs> you just need to like write a book in there. Like, right. Add yeah, writing of a book yeah. in there. It's just like a natural addition. <laughs> yeah, which is just crazy to me. I can't even yeah. comprehend that idea of writing a book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I came. The idea of sitting still and typing, just like what? No, not for me. I can't. I can't sit still long enough. <laughs> But no, we uh, all that started five years ago, and just was with the purpose, with the heart of, you know, what is God calling us to do? You know, I loved what you shared earlier about, um, you know, you don't have to be a big time CEO, or you don't have to have all these different skills. It's just, I think that ultimately, it's all about being faithful to whatever God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. I think the answer to everything is obedience. Yeah, you know, so instead, that's also the answer to contentment. You know, if you're called to. You know, not have to be the one who has huge businesses and you know writes all these books and all over popular, but just call to be faithful to whatever what that little task that you've been given, and you're faithful to that. And that's that's contentment. 
you know? So I, I love that idea of just being faithful to the call that you've been given. And so for us, um, for me, I know what that looks like is uh, using the entrepreneurship heart that God has given me, skills that he has given me to look into how can I better the community. Um, we believe the kingdom of God advancing on earth um, is advanced um, through the church, the local church body, being the, being the people of God and shaping and changing the culture and, the, and for the welfare of the city, welfare of the community, for the glory of God. And so I just thought, man, one day um, I got to grab my friend of mine, Jeff Carter, who's an elder at our church. And I just said, Jeff, I have an idea for a restaurant. And he said, what? I'm a pharmacist at Duke. What are you, why, why, what are you, telling, what are you telling this to me for? And I said, I don't know. I think we'd be great together. And I like the fact that your son is a really awesome young manager of a restaurant. And he think, I think he'd be great. So let's start talking about this restaurant idea. And I said, I want to do this restaurant because I think I was at the time working extensively at World Relief. I'm on the board of both World Relief and Samaritan's Health. Oh, wow. And knowing that the biggest need um, is sustainable jobs that's also flexible and that gives living wage. Because um, refugee, what, what we've discovered is a lot of these times these families come with four, five, six children, and you know the buses are difficult to manage. Public transportation is difficult. Um, s- kids get sick. School systems happen. Uh, Childcare is struggling. Whatever it may be, there's difficulties, and we need a place where we can uh, a company that can understand those difficulties, can relate, and can be forgiving and understanding and full of grace, and also provide a good living wage. And so we thought, okay. Let's open something up so we can provide jobs for, for people. But restaurants seems like a really bad idea because that's the number one thing that fails. So yeah. what, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm like, well, this is something I know we can do. We know it's a good po- entry point for workers. Yeah. You know, they can learn so many skills in the American workplace. Yeah. So um, had this idea for large handheld sushi rolls. Growing up in Korean culture, um, or Korean food, there's something called kimbap, which literally translates uh, rice and seaweed. Uh, yeah. And they, my mom would make these, and people would look at them. They would, oh, you mean sushi rolls? But it was cut a little different. They'd yeah. cut them up in little circles, and but I'd always before she cut them up, I'd grab them and I'd just start eating them. Yeah. And so I, that was kind of the birthplace of this idea. Then I saw some, something similar in California. Somebody created something called sushi rito. Sushi rito, yeah. But that was very much a Latin fused fusion combination. A lot of more like cilantro, Latin flavors with the kind of the traditional sushi. Yeah. So we were. It's something similar. Like, oh, they have the idea of the large handheld sushi rolls that I wanted to do. And so we came up with sushioki as more of a pan-Asian, not even just a- Asian, but really all foods with the medium of this kind of what people in America kind of know as a sushi concept. Yeah. And so that's what we came up with was this sushioki as a restaurant. We thought, man, this is going to be popular. People love it. It's healthy. It's fresh. It's, you know, feels good to eat afterwards. Yeah. And people aren't like... After you have it for lunch, you don't need a nap immediately. Right. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So that's kind of how Sushioki started is Jeff said, okay, I like that idea. Let's just do it. Let's do this. Yeah. So Jeff and I got together. We brought on his son, Joey, as our head manager. So basically everything good that happens with our staff, Joey's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Joey's yeah. Joey doing a great job. Joey is the man. He really is. Joey is the man. And so Jeff and I thought with just a heart and a passion for uh, reaching the community, providing good jobs. And what's been interesting is we started off really refugee heavy. Mm-hmm. That was our desire. But with the past couple of years, the refugees' numbers have been coming in and being radically shrunk. Mm. And so we thought, well, maybe maybe there's other people that we can help. So we actually started trying to hire people intentionally who maybe women in crisis, um, mm. dreamers, or whatever it may be. And so we were noticing that we still have refugees, and that's one of our passions. Yeah. But seeing God opening other doors to bless the community. Yeah, yeah. Man, there's so much I want to unpack there. Um, but I just kind of want to go back a little bit. Um, 
you know, and 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 really kind of hone in on this thing is is how when you heard the gospel for the first time when you when you were in high school and it just radically transformed your life and that just set you off on this trajectory to become a pastor and to plant a church and then eventually to open up a sushi burrito restaurant. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it, it just flows. Right? It just really flows. <laughs> it's a natural progression. I think we all hear the gospel. We want to go into ministry and then eat sushi in some former fashion uh, so makes sense i mean i believe there's sushi in heaven so <laughs> sure. also chips and guac so you know oh, yeah. yeah chips and guac sushi it's a whole thing oh, there's I love like, guac. yes it's a, bu- it's a buffet but i one of the things that has really stuck out to me in the time that i've known you and um and the time that i've known the carter family i mean i you know I, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording but you know i originally first found out about sushioki because um one of the the children of Jeff Carter is my friend Rachel, who um, any longtime blog readers of mine uh, will remember Rachel. Rachel Rachel was my one-on-one personal trainer for a few <laughs> years um, before I was even pregnant with Amos. So this is like four or five years ago. But then even further back than that, Rachel and I actually sang on the worship team at, uh, at our church together like eight years ago. So I've known Rachel for a long time. And and I remember when she was saying, hey, my family were opening up this sushi burrito restaurant <laughs> in Durham called Sushioki. And I was like, well, I love burritos. I also love sushi. This is a genius idea. <laughs> and um, but then when I started to dig a little deeper and I learned about your story and 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 how you guys were really passionate about um, hiring refugees and working with those um, who are marginalized in our community, I just was like, yes, this is what we need. And this is something I talk about all the time is just that emphasizing that need for sustainable jobs, for flexibility. Um, and this also you guys launched at a time when it's ongoing, the refugee refugee crisis is 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 ongoing um but it was at a time when there's we're really at it at this there's a lot of discussion in the pol- in politics in the news in our community about this influx of refugees and um you know i i know you, that you feel the same way i do and it's like when you when you really get past that that title, that word that doesn't define these amazing people who have overcome unthinkable things and you and you get down and you humble yourself and and you listen to their stories and you hear the things that they have that had to overcome and you hear the things that they've been through and you realize that all they don't want anything from you. <laughs> they don't they don't need your charity. They don't need anything like that. What they need is a job and an opportunity to provide for their own families. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. Right. That's why they came here. Right. That's why they came here. And in a lot of cases, I've even spoken with some some refugee families who they didn't even want to come here. Actually, most didn't. No. They, they had to come. They because had to. They escape persecution. Yes. Uh, genocide. Yes. I mean, there's most of them didn't want to come. No. I had, um, we had a, a Syrian refugee family that we, um, that we had connected with a few years ago. And um, in hearing their story, I mean, they had ex- escaped Syria on foot with four kids. Cannot imagine. Two of them were like infant twins. Um, they had walked to Jordan, as in the country. Then they were in Jordan for five years as refugees. And then Jordan was a bit like, you have to leave. You can either go back to Syria, which wasn't an option, or go to the United States with world relief. Right. And so here they are, this young couple. They've got four young kids, and they have to come to the United States to a country they don't know the language. They don't know anybody. 
of, of course they're terrified. Right. Of course. And it's just like, you know, I remember having a conversation with my husband one night and I said, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine if one day we had to just pack up whatever we could carry and walk to California? <laughs> like, right. I mean, and to, or go somewhere where we don't speak the language. I, I cannot wrap my head around it. And I'm just like, I pray that if we were ever in that situation, that somebody would welcome us with open arms. Exactly right. And, you know, it's just, anyway, I could get on a whole conversation about that. (laughs) That's beautiful empathy. I mean, that, that what you're expressing is, that's just beautiful understanding and putting yourself in other people's shoes. Mm -hmm. And, Wow, if people would do that. Yeah. You know, that yeah. this world would look totally different. Look totally different. It's not an us and them situation. It's a it's a we are all we are all in this together. We're all from different cultures. We're all different races. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to respect that and understand that. Um, and we need to welcome each other with open arms. I mean, it also means what it means to be a neighbor. Yes. Right? It's a good Samaritan story. Yeah. I mean, when Jesus said <laughs> the greatest commandment, the most important commandment is to to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, he was pretty clear about that. <laughs> he was pretty clear. Yeah. He's like, everything else is important. However, <laughs> here, these are the greatest commandments right. is to love God. Yeah. Love others. It's summed up. It sums up all of them. It's and and in a lot of ways, like sometimes I just I I I I say, gosh, it's so simple, and yet it's also for some reason not, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah, so to see a business come in and say, you know what, we are going to be for profit. Um, we're not going to be a nonprofit, but we are going to come in and we are going to intentionally give opportunity for sustainable employment, for flexibility, for the people in our community who need it most. And um, and you've done just that. And then in addition, I mean, you guys you guys are doing a fundraiser for World Relief. And so you you live out this mission, not just by, you know, you know, making delicious sushi burritos, (laughs) which, again, are delicious and I'm probably going to have for lunch. but then also by in practice, you're walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, so I, I, I realize I said a lot there. But I, what I wanted to, to really ask you is, as you've been in business and you've, you've seen all of this kind of in practice and you've been you know, hiring the least of these in, in, in the community and you've been hiring these incredible people and, and serving the community – what has maybe surprised you along the way that you didn't kind of when you went into this, you were like, oh, we've got this big idea. And, and you know, you kind of go into it I- idealistic. Like what has kind of surprised you maybe in a good way? And what has surprised you maybe in a in a challenging way? In a challenging way for me, I'm a I'm a dreamer, idealist. I'm the optimist. I'm the guy that's not the cup isn't half full. It's like, oh, yeah, it's about to be full. You know, it's I'm just I'm just I'm always Everything's gonna be okay. I, you know that Lego movie? There's a song in the Lego movie that says, everything is awesome. Yeah. My wife always yells at me because she feels like that's the way I wake up in the morning. You know, I start saying, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. So she, uh, that's kind of like, she's like, that's like my theme song, you know? And so that's who I am. But and even with this, I, I was trying to be realistic. You know, I was trying to like, oh, temper expectations. And, you know, who knows? It might not be that popular. People might not. And it's been great. Don't get me wrong. It's been wonderfully successful. Yeah. But even with the success, we're realizing we need more. Hmm. It's not as easy as – business is just not that easy to run. Yeah. You know? And you just need 
even more people to come. And so we're at the point where we're at a point where we're like, okay, how do we make that right number constantly? You know, of where because right now we're pretty much, and just to be honest, we're like we're, like, we're, at, we're not really generating profit. We're at the point where we're, 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 I mean, we're profiting. Don't get me wrong, but not in the sense of like. We're mean. We're, it's actually a better tax write-off at this point. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's this idea that how do we bring in customers, provide high-quality uh, ingredients, provide high-quality customer care, high-quality um, prov- um, wages for yeah. everybody, and still at the same time eventually start making a profit. Yeah. And it's just interesting that challenge of finding those, making those decisions. You know, because we we of the mindset of the belief, pay people better. Yeah. Uh, start off slower, not, not having making money right away. So we pay people better, use better ingredients, train people better, over, uh, over not overstaff, but kind of like make sure we're well staffed. Yeah. So that right now, maybe at the beginning, we're not going to be making, but maybe th- th- that that'll earn at the end. Yeah. Kind of having to be longer sighted than just kind of short minded. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so that's kind of where we're at, facing that challenge of like, okay, that's where we're at. So we need to believe that it's going to do better. And it's going to pay off in that kind of mentality. I'm going to take a quick break from my chat with Lawrence to thank our sponsor of the show, and that is No Issue. No Issue is the online platform for designing and ordering custom, sustainable packaging for your business or brand. With low minimum order quantities, worldwide delivery in three weeks or less for free, and a team of designers ready to help, they are making customized packaging accessible for businesses of all shapes and sizes. Sustainability is so important to them. All of their materials are compostable, recyclable, and the paper products are FSC certified. And I just love that they make it accessible for small businesses with their low minimum order quantities. To find out more, go to noissue.co. That's noissue.co. And use the coupon code PURPOSE15 for 15% off your first order. They're beautiful, customizable shipping materials, delivery materials, packaging materials are perfect for you and your business. Again, go to noissue.co and use that coupon code PURPOSE15 for 15% off your first order. Now back to my chat with Lawrence. You know, a lot of times uh, want entrepreneurs, <laughs> people who want to be an entrepreneur, uh-huh. want entrepreneurs, they go into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to open this <laughs> restaurant or I'm going to start this business. And they don't realize like how hard it is. And it's like something, I mean, I think there's some statistic where it's like 70% of new businesses fail within like the first one to three years. Mm-hmm. And or it might even be less than that. Um, maybe it's the first year. Um, but, you know, and then making it to five years, making it to, you know, like all these milestones are really big. Um, but 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 having that sort of long-term vision is really key and understanding that like this is not going to be this overnight thing. I mean, you look at, you know, some of the, what we what we think of now is like some of the most successful chains. You know, you look at something like Chipotle. Right. It started off as one little location on a corner in Colorado in 1993, I believe. Like it didn't become this giant chain that is, you know, everywhere over the past, you know, 25, 26 years. Right. Overnight, it happened. It's they started small, um, you know, and they've had dips and they've had ups and they've had downs. And um, you know, any any successful restaurant owner will tell you 
that it's hard. Mm. Um, and then when you when you add in that layer of you know making sure that you're paying living wages and you're 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 hiring um, people in need in the community and you're using quality ingredients and that's one of the things that I love so much about Sushioki is and I will second that as a customer and fan of Sushioki like you eat it and you don't feel like oh, why did I eat that? You know, like where sometimes you go to a restaurant and you're immediately regretting it afterwards. Um, you don't because it's really fresh. It's light. Um, I'm I'm personally a fan of the um, the sushi bowls. <laughs> I like the bowls, you know. I am too, actually. Yeah. I go back and forth. I go yeah. back and forth, yeah, but I, I like the bowl, um, which we'll talk about the menu in a second for people <laughs> who might live in the area and want to take a truck over to Sushioki or, hey, if you're traveling to the area or you just want to like come down for a day trip, I'm just saying you should come. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so when you're when you're putting that much investment into it, it is going to take a little bit longer. But you you really have done such a great job of also just building a rapport with the community. And um, every time I'm in there, I mean, I, I sometimes will see kind of regulars in there. And and you're in a great location. Like for those that are not in this area, Sushioki is located um, right off of uh, North Carolina Highway 55 and and Highway 54 in South Durham. Um, but it's right there by the Research Triangle Park, which is kind of how what we say is almost like East Coast Silicon Valley because mm-hmm. you've got tons of these tech startups and um, co-working spaces and it's uh, you know just a lot of these tech software companies and so you're drawing kind of from there and then from you know families in South Durham and all that kind of stuff and so you but you're you're, you're really primed in a great location in that in that regard yeah we love the location we love the te- like being close to the RTP area so that's been big for us and we love this idea of we want to start doing more catering yeah and so we love the idea of businesses calling us up and say hey instead of getting sandwiches while you're catering or the same old same old try us out we love doing different types of catering for yeah. people so that's one of our, our passions but I think I think one of the things about starting new businesses, specifically restaurants, that people don't take into consideration, yeah. is what the reason they fail so much is because they think it's going to cost X amount to start, mm-hmm. but they don't realize that it costs X plus Y plus Z because yes. you know to, to sustain for a little while because <laughs> yeah. they're expecting this return right away. But if you want to be excellent, it does take, and that's why there's so many fail. And mm. um, kind of if you, I'd love for new entrepreneurs to think, okay, here's your expectations. But be prepared, because yeah. if you want to do it well, it does take yeah. it takes more money initially yeah. to do it well. It'll pay off in the end, but yeah. it takes more money initially to do it well. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, all right. Well, I want to quickly uh, share a little couple of my favorites on the menu because <laughs> when people think, especially if you are like a sushi burrito, what what does that have in it? Um, I just want to describe this for you because it really <laughs> is amazing. So, and now you guys, I mean, when you guys first started, you just had the sushi burritos. Now you've got the the sushi burrito bowls. You've got wonton nachos. Oh, yeah. oh man, those nachos are oh, they're so good. Um, you have these delicious rice chips, which are so amazing. Um, but so for those that are are not familiar, it is like a giant sushi roll in a burrito form. Um, and so you've got different you've got different options from everything. You can do a raw sushi. There's the card the RDU. That is my last name. The, yeah. Oh, I am just now picking up on that. <laughs> that is very clever. And that one is a tuna, right? It is. So the beautiful thing about ours, especially our spicy tuna and our RDU, is we actually take the full tuna loin 
So we don't get it pre-cut, pre-packed. Mm. We, we take the tuna loin and we flay it ourselves. Ooh. So even like, like if you go to other places and the spicy tuna is more ground tuna. Yeah. So throw the leftover pieces and they're kind of ground it up. We actually just take it and chop up our tuna. Oh, all right, yeah. all right. But so, for the RDU, we put it in a poke marinade. Oh. And top it with a cucumber wasabi, rice, vegetables. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, I'm actually allergic to fish, so I can't have the raw fish ones. Um, but so since I am allergic to fish and can't eat raw fish, which is a very sad thing for me, which I'm actually, my husband and I are doing a test right now to see if I can like desensitize myself. <laughs> so he's been like giving me like the little teeny, teeny, tiny bites of salmon <laughs> to see if to I can see like, if build up a tolerance because like I miss, I miss eating fish so much because I got, I developed the allergy after college. Oh. Anyway, that's not an important story but um i really miss eating like raw sushi i also mm. miss eating salmon um so anyway so for the the people that can't eat fish uh if you or or meat at all you've got the veggie blender which is a vegan right. option and is so delicious i'm not a vegan um i love meat and it is delicious for me like i yeah i, I love meat. the idea of having a veggie option for me i'm like i would never eat that yeah <laughs> so i had to make it we had to, we wanted to make it something like even i would eat and mm-hmm. so that's what we, we put it we put charred cabbage in there and mushrooms and oh fill it up and it's really good yeah. it's really really good um and then my personal favorite is the oh my goshi <laughs> that is my favorite i get the oh my goshi bowl with rice and greens so you can get and you can get when what's cool about if you get it in a bowl form you can get it on a bed of rice or you can get it on a bed of greens or what I do is like a little half and half because mm-hmm. I, I still love rice. So um, and the oh my goshi is kind of this um, it's a breaded chicken. It's a katsu chicken. Katsu chicken. Mm-hmm. So it's, ch- it's chicken breast. We do it in a panko breading so it's like a katsu chicken and we actually, it's actually named after Jeff Carter. Oh. Uh, his grandkids would call him Ga. It's your grandpa, or did call him Ga early on. And so we came up because he liked the chicken one. Yeah. And so we called it Oh My Goshi after him. I love that. Yeah. I did see it. Now we're getting all the secrets. I had no idea. <laughs> um, yeah. And it has this gochujang. Goshu, Is that right. what I'm saying? That's right. Go I'm saying it right. Look at that. It's a gochujang sauce. And it's like this, oh, it's got a nice kick to it. Mm, sweet and spicy sauce, kind of. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, my husband's favorite is the Bull City Bulgogi, which is so right too. Good for you. also delicious. So describe it to somebody who has never had that. So being Korean, um, that's bulgogi is one of our staple Korean dishes. So it's basically Korean marinated beef, mm-hmm. and it marinated for you know overnight, and it's just it's got this beautiful. Um, full richness of flavor. It has mm-hmm. a little sweet and has a little fruity flavor. It's just really good. It's really good. And then we put that with our kimchi slaw. So we make yeah. a slaw, kimchi slaw together. We top it with something we call boom sauce. Yeah, that boom sauce is, I want a vat of that boom sauce in my house. It's <sighs> Everything is good with boom sauce. We have people who literally come in and try to order just G sauce and boom sauce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the G sauce is also really good. So G sauce is named after my sister-in-law. Oh. Yeah, her name is G, her name is J-I, G, we call her G. Yeah. And so we just call but we thought the G sounds cooler, like, like, like oh, she's an old G. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, call it, we call it G sauce after G her. Sauce. Yeah. yeah. So she, she made that sauce. And uh, awesome. yeah, it's just it's beautiful. So yeah, this almost a little creamy kind of sauce to it. So it yeah. goes really well together. Yeah, it's got a it's it's. Uh, I would kind of describe it as like a Asian chipotle mayo. Yes, that's a good way of looking at that's it. That's a way, yeah, because it's not. It doesn't have that like chipotle spice, but mm. it's got that. 
similar vibe, but right. definitely with more of like a Asian infusion type exactly type flavor. And I, especially with the pulgogi, what I love is we have the pickled daikon. Yes, and which I'd never had before. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It has that crunch, but also that pickled flavor to it. So the, one of our favorite things is we pickle all our own vegetables. Yeah, and so that those pickled vegetables add a little sweet crunch to most of the the, the, the dishes. Yeah, you're making every listener really hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I have to ask, like. When you obviously wanted to open up a sushi burrito restaurant, like where did you come up with these recipes? So honestly, um, a lot of them was just trial and error. Yeah, we got together. Um, the, our team is me, Jeff, Joey, my sister-in-law, and we just got together. We just started experimenting. We started trying different foods out, trying different combinations out. Yeah. Um, saw what would work. I knew right away I, need, I needed a Korean barbecue on. Yeah. I knew that right oh, away. yeah, the Southern sushi. Yes. So, oh, Southern sushi. Southern sushi is so good. So describe that so one. So underrated, actually. So underrated. People, people don't think, like, oh, is, would that be weird? But if they just try it. It's so good. It's just smoked, delicious smoked pork barbecue. Yeah. We make our own pork rinds in-house, so topped with crunchy pork rinds and creamy coleslaw we make. Yeah. Simple. Simple. Simple Southern, but it's, we put it in a burrito bowl. Yeah. Or put it in a bowl or put it in one of our sushi rolls. It's delicious. It's so good. As a matter of fact, we have our very, he, he, his, his claim to fame, he says, he's the very first customer we've ever had. Aww. He was waiting. He wanted to be that first guy. But that's what he orders every single time he yeah. comes. Is he always comes and orders the Southern Sushi. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And that, so that's so cool. Just the kind of the trial and error. And so you've got really great options for somebody who wants that kind of, you know, we're in Durham. We're in North Carolina, famous for barbecue. And so you've got a barbecue <laughs> option. You've got really the kind of tradi- more traditional sushi type options with the raw um, with like the RDU and um, and then you've got like a shrimp one with the Titan temper you've got uh, chicken options you've got that Bull City Bulgogi which is like that kind of traditional Korean beef so you and then the veggie blender for the vegans I mean you've just got so many different options um, it's so delicious I'm absolutely going there for lunch today so um, yeah so if if you are in the Raleigh Durham area or you want to drive here you should absolutely come to Sushioki what are the hours for people listening so they know 11 to 8 every day. Uh, oh, every day except for Sunday. We're closed on Sundays. Closed on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. So you're like you're like the sushi Chick-fil-A. Like, yeah, we're Chick-fil-A. We're the yeah. same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Monday through Saturday, 11 to 8. Um, they do catering, all that kind of stuff. Um, and if somebody's just really interested in kind of, you know, maybe they're not local and they they can't, but how do they want to, if they want to get connected with you and just help support your mission of of impacting, you know, local people here or the doing the work that you do with World Relief, how could they maybe get in touch with you? or, or yeah, with you that way. They can find me at my church's website, waypointrdu.com, or they can go to Sushioki's website, sushiokirtp.com. Yeah. Either way, I'd love I love connecting with people. One of my favorite things, I had an opportunity to speak at the Durham Rotary Club. Yeah. And at the Rotary Club, one of the things I challenged everybody there with was is we're really good at doing the same old, same old for social work. Yeah. Like, I don't mean like social work, I mean like, like for social endeavors, for yeah. care. We do the same old things over and over again. But when it comes to businesses, we're so innovative. We're yeah. so creative. I said, why are we not taking our creative passion and our uh, um, kind of our minds and advancing the ways to help the community in new and creative and innovative ways? Yeah. You know, and it's because it's not for profit. Yeah. Honestly, you just keep on doing the same old thing because it's not for profit. Well, then I said, well, let's make it for both. Yeah. So that we can start being innovative. We can start challenging the norms. We can start being creative and how we can help the community. And so I, I, I'm, that's kind of my passion. If people want to talk about that, I'd love getting people together. We, we have a couple of different groups that I meet with that we just love talking about how can we do this well? How can we be innovative? How can we be um, intentional 
about um, thinking differently about how we can serve the community. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Lawrence, that's good. That's good <laughs> stuff right there. Um, okay, well, this has been amazing. Uh, we're going to transition just a little bit before we go to our kind of get-to-know-you round. Sounds good. Um, and I've got a couple questions I want to ask you, uh, some fun, kind of fun, lighthearted questions, maybe a little deep thoughts. You know, I don't know. I okay. don't know. Um, are you reading any books right now? Are you a reader? I do. I love to read. Okay. So I have two different... I'll debate whether or not I should openly admit this, but my guilty pleasure is... Please, I love guilty pleasures. <laughs> I love it. Please All tell right. me. My guilty pleasure is sci-fi fantasy. Oh, okay. Very nerdy. All right. I know. I like it. I it, like it. Actually, funny enough, my father-in-law um, also just, you know, he is not a pastor, but just, you know, just an amazing man of God, also loves sci-fi. Like, he, <laughs> loved, he loves the sci-fi channel, and my husband and I always laugh about it, because I'm just like, he is not somebody that I would ever, like... Pin to be really into sci-fi. So, okay, right, sci-fi yeah. fantasy. I mean, that's, okay. my, that's my guilty pleasure. I can't <laughs> help myself. As a kid, I loved Lord of the Rings, and that got me into all the fantasy kind of stuff. And then sci-fi, I read Ender's Game, and that got me into all that stuff. So I love sci-fi fantasy. That's okay. like that's my at night on my Kindle when my wife's asleep. That's my guilty pleasure at night. I like it. Yeah, during the day, I've actually for, I got, got a book um, from somebody in my church. Uh, it's The Life of Hudson Taylor. Oh. It's called A Secret... Secret something, secret treasure, secret something of Hudson Taylor, okay. which is a famous missionary to China, wow. and who we named my son after, Hudson. Wow. And so I have read a biography about him a while ago, but I just picked up a new one. Uh, somebody just gave me, so I just started picking up that one and reading that one. I was just writing that down because I that sounds like a book I want to read, so I'm definitely <laughs> going to check that out. Um, okay. If you were a professional athlete okay. and you were, like, think baseball player, you're walking up to the plate, Okay. What would your walk-up song be? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. He's like, he's like, I know, I know. <laughs> Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Please, that is amazing. <laughs> Walked up the plane at LAX and the dream I'm caught again. I always, I always thought she said dream in my heart again. <laughs> yeah, I don't, dream in my heart again? Yeah, dream in my cardigan. I feel like that made more sense to me. <laughs> but then, the, so. <laughs> there is a vocabulary word that I learned a few months ago. There is a fancy word for that. I actually, so I'm a nerd and I used to teach high school English. And so I get a like a fancy big vocabulary word of the day sent to my email <laughs> every day. So I can try to like learn new big words. Um, not that I actually use any of them, but I just, I love vocabulary. And there is a word for that. It is called a mondegreen. I think I'm saying it right. It could be mondegreen, but it's M O N. D-E-G-R-E-E-N, Mondegreen. And it is a mishearing or misinterpretation of song lyrics. So Dream in My Cardigan. Dream in My Heart Again. Dream in My Heart Again. Or it's like Phoebe and Friends, Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. Yeah, Hold Me Close, Tony Danza. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, uh, yeah, oh, man, there's just like, there's so many... Um, so many like yeah, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Yeah. Like there's yeah, I mean there's like so many examples of oh, uh, yeah. of of really famous like see that girl, watch that scene, dig in the dancing queen. Yes. Like there's lots of really so good many examples of it. So um now all of you have learned a new word. Mondegreen. Mm-hmm. Mondegreen. Mondegreen. I will use it yeah, twice see? today. Yeah, let's I challenge you to use it in a in a sentence. Done. So <laughs> I'll use it in my sermon this Sunday. I like it. <laughs> yes, please do. Please do. Please do. That's amazing. Um, okay. What is a dream that you have yet to achieve? Mm, so many. Um, one of my, one of the uh, dreams I actually was working with a group of people on 
is I wanted to create a, a center kind of like a holistic community center mm. um, that was built around providing spaces for young entrepreneurs from refugee communities mm. with all the, also the, all the care uh, for refugee communities um, to meet there as well. So, for example, places like World Release, Samaritan's Health, yeah. provide free to cheap discounted rent for them, similar for the businesses, kind of co-working op- opportunities so they're all together in one centralized location. Um, also providing care for physical health, but community outreach centers, soccer, futsal, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I wanted to build this kind of center. Um, and I wanted to make it self-sustainable. So pricing it right, um, getting the right location for land and all that kind of stuff. Um, but bringing it all together. And I think it would do really well. I mean, could you imagine the food court in a place like that? I Everybody would come eat there. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. I mean, could you imagine having a, a Persian food place, you know, oh. a Mediterranean, Syrian food place, and then you have African. and yes. yeah, oh, It'd be like the best food. Karin and, oh, it'd be You know be what amazing. food is actually really amazing? If you've never had it, it's Lebanese food. Yeah. Lebanese Lebanese food is so good. I had a friend um, in high school whose family was Lebanese, and her, oh my goodness, that I've never had anything. I can't even really describe it. It's so good. I just love. Well, I love food. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> food from everywhere is yeah. my favorite thing in the yeah, world. Exactly. Like if I could just, when I, my wife and I, when we travel, all we think about is where are we eating. Yes, <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> oh, where are we gonna? Oh, yep, that's yep. where we're going. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. our days are scheduled around the places we're eating, not yeah. by, by, by activities we're doing, but yeah. where we're eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I am. My husband and I, pretty basically, when we get to the weekend, we're like, "What are we gonna eat this weekend? <laughs> yes. What are we gonna eat?" I mean, we meal plan. We so we kind of know, but we usually like we eat at home for. 99% of our meals, but we usually will eat out once over the weekend and we're like, ooh, what are we going to do this mm-hmm. weekend? We actually had sushioki on Saturday, so <laughs> we were like, let's get sushioki. So, um, okay, and then my last question is the question I ask all of my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Mm. For me, I think the idea of running a business, well, I think it's just life. I think we're all called to live life with purpose. Mm-hmm. I always say to the, my people in my church, I believe the human condition is that we all want to be known, we all want to be loved, mm-hmm. and we all crave purpose. Yeah. And so I think we're all called to live lives of purpose intentionally. Yeah. We're not called to just drift through. We're not wandering you know, atoms in this world. We're called for purpose. Yeah. And so I, understanding and finding that purpose. And for us, for me, I found it in who I am in Christ. And so understanding that I'm... I'm just called to obey, mm-hmm. you know, and that's beautiful. It's freeing for me. It's not on me to accomplish the hard work of changing the world. It's also, uh, for me, it's, it's freeing, but it's also rewarding. Yeah. You know, I get to please and do the work of the Father. Um, I love the Bible talks about we're co-heirs alongside Christ. Yes. And when people think of co-heirs, they often think about the receiving the inheritance, but it also receives the mission. You know, it's 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 we've continuing the work of his Christ. Yeah. You know, of, of of radically renewing creation, what was falling and redeeming it. You know, so to me, that's the beautiful yeah. thing about we're called doing business with purpose means just living life with purpose. And yeah. if that God calls us to do a business with it. That's what we're doing. Yes. Oh, Lawrence, that's so good and such a great note to end on. Thank you for being here. Thank, Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. I really, really love what you're doing, and I just uh, I'm so encouraged by just being spending time with you and also just hearing, uh, listening to um, this, your podcast. It's been incredible. Aww. 
Okay, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or maybe something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Thank you again to our sponsor, No Issue. Check out noissue.co for all your sustainable, customized packaging needs and use that coupon code PURPOSE15 for 15% off. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out and thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button, which helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Kelly Dalton. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Now, thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.